someone approaches you at work and says, hey, we're raising money for LGBTQ plus awareness. We'd like you to donate to our cause. You think to yourself, well, that's not my cup of tea for whatever reason. So you politely decline. Then the people collecting the donations post on the company internal communications board that you are homophobic and transphobic because you won't contribute. Postmodern thinking believes that if you don't affirm whatever anyone else wants to do, then you are evil. Hello, Dr. Douglas Peak here with part two on what in the Sam Hill is postmodernism. Now these are salty pastor specials designed to help you get up to speed quickly so you get the most out of the salty pastor. So before you listen to episode two on what in the Sam Hill is postmodernism, be sure and catch the special part one. So let's get back to talking about what is postmodernism. Now, the reason I'm pointing all this out is because postmodernism is really important to understand in your everyday life. Postmodernism is the primary way that all young people are taught to think in school. It's not so much what they think, it's a way of thinking. The media plays a huge part in this as well. Most people think this way whether they intend to or not. Postmodernism also creates what is true instead of discovering what is true. Now, why does that matter? Well, so what if a bunch of intellectuals want to sit around, smoke weed, and drink weird tea talking about this stuff late into the night? Well, I agree with you, but these ideas actually have real world consequences. Here's a perfect example. There was a man by the name of Caillou Samphon who got his PhD from the University of Paris Sorbonne in the early 70s. He was highly influenced by French postmodern philosophers. Now he was from Cambodia and he returned home with his PhD and joined the Khmer Rouge Communist Party and eventually became the number two or number third man. In 1975, when the Khmer Rouge took over, he was the architect of what today historians call the killing fields. He masterminded the murder of over one million people. Of These are his own countrymen. In Cambodia, that was between 30 and 40% of the population. You see, since there is no actual truth, human beings are a result of social constructs only, then instituting communism and creating the killing fields of Cambodia was a rational and good choice in his mind. So postmodernism has real world consequences. Now you and I, we don't live in East Asia. So how does postmodernism affect you and me specifically today? Well, number one, someone approaches you at work and says, hey, we're raising money for LGBTQ plus awareness. We'd like you to donate to our cause. You think to yourself, well, that's not my cup of tea for whatever reason. So you politely decline. Then the people collecting the donations post on the company internal communications board that you are homophobic and transphobic because you won't contribute. Postmodern thinking believes that if you don't affirm whatever anyone else wants to do, then you are evil. 
Now, 75 years ago, we would have called this behavior totalitarianism. Today, we call it postmodern enlightened thinking. Here's another example. A woman in her late 20s with a degree in English was writing for a publication. Her female editor was going over edits on a piece she wrote and corrected her spelling of a word she used, hamster. Now the word hamsters spelled H-A-M-S-T-E-R. Well, the woman spelled it with a P in it and she was visibly upset with her superior and believed she was being treated unfairly when she was corrected. Why? Because she learned to spell hamster with a P in it. So she was right and her editor was wrong. There was nothing wrong with the way she spelled the word. This is postmodern way of thinking. Someone trained in this way of thinking is never told, was never told they were wrong. Whatever they believed to be true was in fact true. That's a real story, by the way. Postmoderns would also believe that the editor was evil. She did a moral wrong because the editor was imposing her opinion, her absolute truth on this young woman. The editor was enacting what is commonly called a power play. She was an oppressor in that situation. Here's another illustration of postmodern thinking. The Oregon Department of Education provided training to elementary school teachers. In a section of the training on how to teach mathematics titled Ethnomathematics, it states that focusing on finding the right answer and showing your work supports a system of white supremacy. This makes total sense to a postmodern thinker. In 2010 in Queens, a woman was being mugged. Hugo Tailyax stepped in to save her. The mugger then stabbed him multiple times and fled. Now, the most interesting thing about this story is that 20 New Yorkers walked by as he bled to death on the street and they did nothing. Some people took pics with their phones of him bleeding out. No one called an ambulance, no one dialed 911, and he ended up dying. Now, postmodernism undermines your ability to act courageously when things go wrong because ultimately, eh, everything's great. There is no right or wrong, no good or evil. People are more interested in filming a crime with their cell phone than helping someone or stopping it. Now, here's another illustration of something very recent. Richard Schofield is an English host on a morning show called Morning This Morning in Great Britain. After 27 years of marriage and two children, he came out as gay. The press hailed it as one of the most courageous acts in modern history. Now, does this seem a little odd to you? that a man who'd been married for 27 years and has two kids is now a completely different identity? This is the result of postmodern thinking. Today, the group of teen girls with the highest pregnancy rates are girls who identify as lesbians. Does this sound odd to you? Well, not to postmodern thinkers. I hope you are now starting to realize how this belief system is a part of how everyone has been trained to think in America today. Can you see how it affects people in everyday life? Therefore, 
When it comes to postmodernism, I want to encourage you to understand it. Because when you understand it, you can win any argument you ever get in because you know the subconscious motivations, the mental patterns, the logical fallacies from a false premise that exist in postmodernism. When you understand it, it makes you a better employer. You understand how your employees are, have been trained to think. When you understand postmodernism, it also, this may sound strange, it makes you a better lover. That's right. It teaches you to how to love people better because it allows you to be a better person. You can be a better spouse. You can love your husband or your wife because you have a much deeper understanding of what influences and affects their way of thinking. It keeps you out of attacking them as a person when you have a conflict and it allows you to focus on the way of thinking that causes the conflict. So let me wrap up by saying this. Dr. William Lane Craig, a philosopher I highly respect, says this, the idea that we live in a postmodern culture is a myth. In fact, a postmodern culture is an impossibility. It would be utterly unlivable. People are not relativistic when it comes to matters of science, engineering, and technology. Rather, they are relativistic and pluralistic in matters of religion and ethics. And that's where the battle is being waged with postmodernism today. It's about our sexual identity, our sexuality, what we can believe or our faith, and what we actually believe to be right or wrong. So, Dr. Douglas Peake here helping you understand what in the Sam Hill is postmodernism. <laughs>